This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Ian Doyle and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast in association with Footy 5, the new score prediction game from the pools. Simply predict five correct match scores and you could win 25 grand. To play Footy 5 this weekend, visit thepools.com and you need to be in the UK and over 18 years of age to play. Joining me today on our latest podcast is not our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. He is currently at home, but he's working. So he's not slacking, don't worry. However, joining me is Christian Walsh. Hi, Christian. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm okay. And yourself? I'm not too bad. Excellent. Very deliberate response there. Uh, also, Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. And <laughs> Paul Gorse. Hello, Ian. The tallest member of the sports desk. Are you okay, Paul? Yeah, not too bad. You're now, yourself. I'm okay. Yeah, me and you were both at uh, Anfield on Sunday. We saw Liverpool take on Fulham. They got there in the end, but there was a moment of controversy just before half time, wasn't there? There was. Um, Fulham felt aggrieved that um, Alexander Mitrovic should have scored. And then uh, 14 seconds later, Liverpool got the ball in, in the, the other net and um, you know, broke the deadlock. And, and it was the break through Liverpool neither because they were, they were trying, weren't they? And not a lot was coming off on the day. Alexander Arnold, I think, had a chance. She had Carey played well, but it wasn't really happening for Liverpool up until that, that counter attack. And. Um, once that went in, you never really felt that Liverpool were going to be in trouble after that. It was a case of, of how many, and second half was very comfortable. Liverpool barely got out of second gear, and once you carry, you know, side-footed home, and I think it was like seven or eight minutes into the second half, you, that was that, and it was a case of how many Liverpool were going to score. And um, Yeah, they went back to the top top of the Premier League for about three hours, didn't they? So, um, going into the international breakups, a decent result. Now, you were sat next to me, and at the time, I thought, instantly Mitrovic from the uh, cross can't remember he did the cross but I thought he's offside so I wasn't particularly perturbed by what happened after that but then a lot of people on Twitter and I know Christian you got in touch with me and said no look that was offside sorry that he should have been onside but I saw a replay again and I thought well no actually it's offside I mean what was your call A at the time and then B I haven't seen countless replays of it well the flag went up quite early so you you'd assume the, the referee and the, and the assistants have got it spot on straight away but the more you look back at it you can kind of make a case for him not being offside or was it Shaler who, who definitely was and it's one of those that can go for you that can go against you and, and Ian Klopp made that point didn't he in, in his press conference he said uh, Liverpool didn't get the rub of the green at, um, at Arsenal the week earlier where Sadio Mane should have scored uh, on this occasion they, they perhaps have and um, Liverpool were glad to take it and as I say you know Quick thinking, straight away they were up the other end and, and basically um, wiped away the incident and took the lead. Christian, offside, yes or no? Initially, yes I, or thought, no? initially I thought yes, but it, I don't think it was. I think if you look at the the whole idea of it's a, it's a part of a goal-scoring <coughs> limb, um, Mitrovic's head is, is, off, is offside. So it, to me, I, I think it's a good decision. But it's one of those, if it goes in, I don't think Liverpool can be aggrieved that it's been given because it, it is the finest mm. of fine margins. Joe? I don't care. You don't care? No, because they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't score. Liverpool went up the other end and scored and won the game. So Okay, then Liverpool did score then. Let's, let's look at it that way. Liverpool did score. So should they be given a bit more credit for the way that they... Quick thinking, it was, think it was Virgil, yeah. Van, Virgil van Dijk <clears> who <throat> shouted to Alisson, come and get the free kick. He knocks it out wide to Trent. Trent down the line to Salah. He's away and it's in. Definitely, and, and Fulham deserve criticism for falling asleep and, and, they're, and they're too busy protesting the decision and, and they get caught out so look, I don't, when I say I don't care look, I think it's one of them where it's so borderline that all this business of slowing it down and putting a line where Robertson's foot is it's just a bit it's a bit much isn't it, it you, like Paul said you get them sometimes you don't get them but if, VAR, get if VAR was in, in use We'd still be that, arguing exactly, about it now, still, yeah. the game wouldn't have restarted by now so Liverpool yeah. wouldn't have got the goal would they no because they wouldn't have been able to restart yeah. quickly no. So there's a, there's a good case for not bringing in VAR, but we'll probably have two or three later in the season where we'll be saying, oh, they should have VAR, and they would have got that penalty, or they, they would have seen someone sent off. It was a, it was so, a li- little bit like Sol Campbell for was it Sol Campbell for England? England against Argentina, yeah. where they were celebrating and suddenly they realised, hang on, yeah. That famous, to be fair, it's, it's um, it, it was a schoolboy <laughs> World Cup schoolboy stuff from Fulham, wasn't it? I mean, Mitrovic. He was celebrating for ages and the Fulham fans were, were celebrating and it, it took him ages to see the flag and then he's got his head in his hands and he's lamenting his luck and Liverpool are, are up the other end by, by that time. It's, you've got to switch on, haven't you? Question for you, what, what is the longest you've ever seen someone celebrate a goal ruled out? I, I can remember Kalt in at the end of the semi-final in 2007 
when um, when he followed that shot in and scored, and he did a lap of the pitch, <laughs> and, and the game the game had carried on. Cowell was doing a lap of the pitch, waving to the fans. Suarez in the um, in the two two derby. Yeah, yeah Suarez last minute. Gerard as well. Think, yeah. By the, by the time everyone everybody, in the away yeah. end gathered the composure and was were about to look for the kickoff, Phil Neville was running down the wing putting the ball <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the thing that television punditry has got a lot better over the past few years. You know, it's, it's come on leaps and bounds, but this expectation that referees and linesmen yeah. are, are, are X-Men, I just don't think, you know, they haven't got these superpowers where they can slow things down. <laughs> it's it mad, happens. It? How many times you watch a, watch a TV programme and they, they slow mutants, it basically, and is what you're stop saying. it yeah. and go, How's he not seen that? Yeah. You didn't. You didn't five minutes ago when you first when it first happened. It just it's so difficult. Yeah. Human so, error it happens. I think Mitrovic actually suffers from the other two lads next to him offside, aren't they? Yeah. And and the well, linesman's just Mid- seen a group the thing of players. Is, I still offside. think Mitrovic is offside anyway, from having seen it. Well, I mean, in, in terms of yeah, yeah, I know, might you, I know what you're saying. This I know the what you're saying. Overall, isn't it? We've, we've seen it so many times, and we're all still on and and so. You know, what chance have the officials got with decisions like that? One thing that we definitely also saw, though, was uh, Jordan Shakiri's finish for the second goal, which I think has kind of been overlooked a little bit. Yeah. And I was speaking, and to, Chris, I was speaking mm-hmm. to Christian before on our, our, what was it, Blood Red review, whatever it is that we call it these days, that, that video. And uh, we basically made a point of saying it had been overlooked. Great cross, great finish. Yeah, exactly that. It was a really well-controlled finish, wasn't it? And it got me some fancy football points, Paul. Points equals prizes. Well, I'm sure so it does, yeah. Sweeping them up at the end of the season. But yeah, it was a great finish. Uh, I love the disdain, by the way. Those are words of a man who doesn't play fantasy football. Yeah, he refused to look at me. I don't, want, I, I don't want to know, but you fancy football or you'd accumulate it. Please don't ever, <laughs> don't ever tell me about those things. <laughs> you must love Saturdays in his office. You must love Christian Moore. But yeah. The good thing is Ghosty's never in on a Saturday, though, so he wouldn't know. No, he wouldn't know. No. Anyway, well, great finish by Shakiri. Yeah, I think. He's such a class class act, and it, it is crazy to think that he went down with, with Stoke last year and was be, being accused of not putting any effort in. Anything. Only by one person, so though, to be fair. No, well, no, I that's not fair. I, I I covered the Stoke, the 3-0 at Stoke, it was sort of round about this time mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. mid-November. I haven't seen such a gutless performance in, in, in my life. It was awful, and the Stoke fans were on what, his from back. from him? From him. He was pulling out some 50-50s, 80-20s in his favour. The Stoke fans were... That's outrageous. This is recorded, you know. Uh, he, he, the Stoke fans were on his back and, and he, 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 was out, he was just out on the right-hand side and, and just was, was, was atrocious for, for, for the time he was on the pitch. So, you know, when the, you shouldn't judge him on one game. It was obviously different circumstances, but when Liverpool signed him, that performance was very much in my mind because I was thinking oh, I don't really see how he's a, a Liverpool player a Klopp player a player who's going to you know be in tune with what the, the manager demands but, but he's, he's taking it all on I was going to say but then you see I made comment, uh, mention of this in, in my analysis piece that you see that action where just after he scored the second goal I think it was where he ran from literally one side of the pitch to the other as Fulham were just passing the ball along just chasing it down like he's, he would never have done that at Stoke would no, he? he was like a dog after a ball wasn't he he was just he was I think he's enjoying playing with better players and a team that's challenging yeah. for top honours and a manager who isn't Paul Lambert or Mark Hughes. That's, that's exactly it. He's just enjoying his football, isn't he? And and in turn, you're getting the work ethic and the quality to go with it because he's got so much quality that it's a shame it's been wasted for so long, really. He's also central now. And, and I think when you get... you know This isn't to, to dig out managers like Paul Lambert or... Or Mark Hughes. You're already after you're already <laughs> yeah. I might well go out Shakiri as well. So yeah. just, just crack on. Just, just, who else is next? Um, you, you know, you, he's central and he's getting on the ball more. And when he was at Stoke, it felt like he was always just out on that right hand side. And I mean, Charlie Adams said it himself, hasn't he? About how a lot of the tactics was just basically you put in the graft and give the ball to Shakiri. Maybe Shakiri wants to be involved. Maybe he wants to have that graft. Maybe he wants to be involved. He doesn't just want to stand on the right hand side and receive the ball and in those attacking areas. Maybe he is relishing this newfound responsibility. I'm going to play slightly devil's advocate now. Sorry, Ghosty. And, and say that are fans getting a little bit carried away by him? Are they seeing him as this kind of, not saviour, but because the midfield isn't functioning quite properly, he's somebody who's come in and he's, 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 you think it's his last six games either scored or assisted a goal from five of them. I think it's possibly because he brings something very different to the, the rest of the midfield. And OK, he, he's played on the right a, a couple of times, hasn't he, rather than in that in that central attacking role. But at the time in Liverpool's midfielders are basically a bit lacking in, in that creative department in the, in the final third. The fact that Liverpool do have him um, and he's, he's making an impact 
you know, fans are fans are taken to that. And you, you get the impression that he's kind of seeing himself as, you know, he was relegated with Stoke and he's looked at this Liverpool team and the going places and he wants to be a part of it. And to do that, you've got to put in the work. Jürgen Klopp demands it of all his players and he's no different. So he's kind of taken that on board as well and, and um, long may it continue because I think he's been excellent. I think fans probably are maybe getting a little bit carried away, but it says, I think that says a lot about how Liverpool started this season in general in terms of an attacking force. I feel like he's the one who is new, he's fresh, he's exciting. He's incisive in what he does. He, you know, he isn't scared to, to necessarily lose the ball in high areas, but he'll he'll try and win it back. I just think when Liverpool have probably got used to a midfield which contains maybe Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum, you know, there's nothing against those players. Cater didn't necessarily set the world alight when he first came you're in. You're just destroying everybody here. Wielding the axe. He's not. You've been up on the pot for a few weeks yeah, or something. Yeah, just got to get it all off the chest. I'm on a big leather couch. <laughs> no, but I just feel like he's he, he's obviously bringing something that maybe Alex Oxley Chamberlain would have brought, but he's injured. He's he's bringing something that Coutinho did bring, but he's in Barcelona. He's bringing something that the F word would have brought, but he's still in France. So it's just a case of. He's given Liverpool something that they don't have, and I think it's a natural thing for for supporters to say, "Oh, he's new, he's exciting." Mm. He's, you know, did it with Allison at the start, didn't he? You know, Allison was pinging nice, pretty twenty-five, thirty-yard balls to Andy Robertson, and he was getting made out like he was Grincha. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I remember that happening. A palace, myself, yeah, and and I still think Allison. He's been he's, solid. He's been, he's been, been very good, but, been, but but I still think that there's still question marks over him. That, really? Well, the little one yesterday, which he pushes out. Yeah. He's got... I don't yeah, know whether... That's just as a goalkeeper. That's what happens I, with a goalkeeper. I know it is. I know it is. But he's got a very unorthodox way of doing things at times. And I think perhaps that that gives me a few little doubts. But what, but what are his unorthodox ways of doing things? He makes saves with... Well, he certainly went in Belgrade. He went with the wrong hand. When he, sh- he should have saved that shot. Lots of keepers do that, though, yeah, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they do. But when you pay sixty-five million for one, you want him to to not do that. I think I think you don't. You, I'm not asking him to be flawless because that's impossible. But you do want him to be absolutely top-notch. Whereas someone like, from what I've seen of him, that Kepper, the, uh, the Chelsea goalkeeper, he seems a very orthodox goalkeeper. I don't think perhaps he'll win as many win as many points for them with miraculous saves. But I don't think he'll make perhaps. Errors, and I think I think Alison will make a couple of errors. So, is, is there anybody else we want to destroy? Well, no, just, who, who do you want? Anybody you just want to um, get stuck into? There's not many left, is there? No, no, yeah. I was going to. I was yeah, going to. No, I was going to bring out Fabinho as well. Um, so oh, we, no, 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 no. It, it fits into the wider point of you know the summer signings. That's why I brought in Alison as well. The, you know, Fabinho had a couple of really good performances against Cardiff and Red Star, and all of a sudden he's got to be in the team. He's absolutely yeah, yeah. a guaranteed starter. Funnily enough, the only one we haven't really seen it from in this sense is, is Naby Keita, and he's the one that I would have expected everybody to be losing their minds over about how amazing he is. And that will. Do you remember come. when the Premier League wasn't ready for Naby Keita? Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah. the, so the, the fact is, at the minute, Shakiri's not necessarily Flavor of the Month. I think he deserves all the applause he's getting. But with any new sign, and when they start to show something a little bit different and a little bit new and something a bit exciting, fans will naturally sort of get a little bit. So you know, now you're having a go with the fans now. <laughs> I'm taking on all comes to that, obviously, I think a part swing, of it, it might be the fact that he was brought in as like a everyone thought he was going to be a squad player didn't he 13 million and it's just he'll add something else that Liverpool perhaps didn't have when he needed a sub last season and he's um, he's played himself into the first team and, and he's playing well so I think that might be a little part well, of it his, as well. his other strength of course is the fact he's played in the Premier League for so long so he knew he was the one who Klopp knew would be guaranteed to hit the ground running in that respect my, my worry with Jakiri now is he still doesn't quite have a position, I think, at Liverpool. They're changing the formation will, to get, to get him in. Well, that, that, is, that is the problem, isn't it? Because they're changing the formation to get him in. And Because he's in form? I don't think, yeah, and I don't think Liverpool are quite as good. Mm. I, I would have liked to have seen them gone back to the 4-3-3, the, the sort of Klopp formation at the mm. weekend, and I'd like to have seen Naby Keita start and just see whether they can get to their fluid selves again in that formation. But changing things up, it gets the best out of Shaqiri, but I do wonder whether others... Suffering a the little bit. Problem with him. the four three three with Shakiri as well is that he is naturally going back to his days at Bayern into Stoke. Mm-hmm. He plays in Salah's position. Yeah. Now Liverpool aren't going to drop Salah exactly. unless it's obviously the rest in him or he's injured. You know, fingers crossed he doesn't get injured. But that's that's where he play. 
I'd be inclined to say at the moment, Mane's the one who needs to drop out, but who plays on that left-hand side? Because Salah doesn't play on the left no. because that's not how he plays. Shaqiri doesn't play on the left. So he's in this weird... So you're dropping Mane now? That's another one. Uh, well, if, 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 if Shaqiri could play on the left-hand side or if Salah could play on the left-hand side, I'd most certainly give four to having... Give, take a man out of the team for a couple of games, most definitely. I think Shakiri deserves to start more games. I think Manny could probably do with a little bit of a breather, despite the fact he scored six Premier League goals. I know that's a really harsh, you know, criticism of him, but he started quickly though. He did he? start yeah. very quickly, and I don't think he's been great for the past couple of games, certainly for the past month. But my point is, Shakiri sort of acts as the Salah replacement, but Salah's the one who's never going to really need replacing. You could drop Firmino out, put maybe. Salah as a sense, you know, centre forward, you know, not traditional one, obviously, but put him central. But it's weird because it feels like the only position which is really tied down on that front three is Sadio Mane. But Mane's maybe the one who needs to time out the game at the moment. I don't, I don't like this this new formation. I'll be honest. I, I said said yesterday on our blog. I think it just it, it hampers Firmino too much seeing him drop deep. But he hasn't played that position for. Firmino's for th- getting ticked off now. Yeah. Three, <laughs> it feels like we've ground Paul down. He's all pol- positive. <laughs> yeah. just ground. Yeah. I don't like this Before we go any further, for anybody who's just joining us for the first time, we'd just like to point out that Liverpool are in fact unbeaten <laughs> at the, and uh, having their best ever start to a Premier League season after twelve games, and the defence is joint the best ever they've ever on? had in their history. So the fact oh. that this conversation is even taking place underlines the high standards and also the fact that there's another club that's doing even better and are Manchester City corrupting the minds of everybody definitely they're just so good aren't they and and it is difficult because you look at how good Liverpool have have been in terms of can we not slaughter Man City you're just saying to Man City you can't slaughter them they're just absolutely well we can yeah (laughs) not to do with anything on the pitch though (laughs) but on the pitch they're just absolutely outstanding and and it, it is frustrating and because you're watching them and, and just thinking to yourselves, where are Liverpool going to get themselves ahead of Man City? Because it would take a really strange run of results now, wouldn't it, from City? To, They've only played Liverpool 12 to, games, though. They've I, only I know, played they could 12 still have games, a and there's an but, awful but it, lot more that can happen, and there are examples of history in history where this has happened. I, I, I take your point, but at the same time, just looking at it now, talking in the present, you're looking at where, where will City have that wobble, and... Not only have you got to hope that City have a wobble, but you hope that Liverpool don't maintain ever. Yeah. the, the, the and, best ever form. And that, and the the worry I think for Liverpool fans, and I think the reason why people perhaps have overreacted this season is you're not seeing Liverpool playing outstanding stuff. They're just getting through. So the one who looks like they're going to have the wobble is Liverpool and not City. If, I, if I'm Chelsea, I'm looking at that. I'm, I'm I'm undefeated. I'm four points behind Man City, and I'm going. That's the title gone this season, gents. Yeah. Like that—that that is genuinely my. It feels at the moment, and it's really well, unfair. Haven't Chelsea got Man City. In, is it next week or the week after? No, the week. The oh, well, same day, Bournemouth. When, yeah, right, when yeah, they played Bournemouth, weeks, yeah, yeah. Uh, the eighth. If I'm Liverpool, and this is a really bad way of looking at it, but at the moment, it feels like Liverpool's main function is to just stop Paddy Power from paying out early on Man City win the league it really does feel like that. that's what Liverpool have got to do they've just got to cling in there to make sure that they haven't won the league by March or April and just make as much of a, an effort to, to stop them as possible it's, I don't know I know Klopp sort of says it doesn't matter and I'm sure that they're in my head so they must be in the players' heads they're, they're, those players must walk off it doesn't take much to get in your head that's no, true I, I, was in I have with a very Christian head Man City were playing yesterday and he was ne- nearly in tears at the desk. I said, come on, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> really? Like, no, that's, 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 no, that's, no, no. Oh, yeah, that is scoring. ridiculous. That is, that is, that you is slander. Though, yeah. you well, they were playing Manchester United. They play Manchester. Although Joe yeah. seems to think that I love them. And I was, I was dressed you like, do love Manchester United. I was dressed yeah. like Fred the Red in the office yesterday. <laughs> glory, glory. We <laughs> <laughs> so, look at City as well. They played Tottenham, uh, Arsenal, Liverpool and United. And you st- you're still waiting for them to, to trip up somewhere and... It's it. There's only so many points, so many games now that you can look at and think they're feasibly gonna might slip up. I turn to Joe and how did Wolves get a point? Yeah, what happened yeah. there? You just, you just hope that there's going to be a couple more of them dotted about, but I can't see it. But then Liverpool can't afford. Liverpool are the only. Let's be positive. Liverpool are the only team now with a hundred percent record against teams outside the top six. So that is definitely something to to yeah. continue to mm. cling on to because they're clearly able to be the best of the rest of so, the world. So what do Liverpool do then? Is it just a case of, all right, Man City, let's just forget about them. Let's just make sure we stay ahead of everybody else and we'll just see what happens with Man City. Exactly. Is yeah. that it? And it is a bit of a cliche, but you can only think about yourselves, can't you? You can just go out there. Well, we know do, that from you. Do, do your, your pre-rounds. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Dearie, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you're talking about... <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not even going to go into it. Um, yeah. 
it's, Liverpool has just got to carry on doing what they're doing, going out there every week and, and trying to win games and just hoping that this this blip happens at some point. But um, look, there's no shame if it doesn't. You've just got to keep trying your best. Liverpool, I think the worst thing that could possibly happen in a weird way is Liverpool becoming last season's Napoli. And that was, I think Napoli ended up with 92 yeah. points, was it? And they just didn't win the league because Juventus were that much better. Napoli, Napoli's team, I mean, we've seen firsthand what Napoli can do and, you know, they were very good last season as well. Imagine having a team that good, you know, a team as good as it's been in a generation and still not managing to win a trophy. It, it doesn't really bear thinking about, but it, it could be a reality. Well, it's interesting you should say that about the top four and where everybody is. You mentioned about Chelsea being four points behind and going, oh, that's it. I think Arsenal are ten points behind now, aren't they? No, no they're eight points behind Arsenal. And, and United are 12, aren't 12. they? Behind? Oh. And so there's two. And United are back as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are back, yeah. yeah. Not for long, though. Um, you won't be saying that when they come to Anfield, I'm telling you. Um, so <laughs> Do you enjoy Liverpool winning more or being right more? I enjoy being right more. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm honest about it. Yeah. Less frequent, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> fighting talk yeah. there now. Turning on man. each other now. This <laughs> 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 is the international, oh, international break. Yeah. It's only one day. We're only one day into it. We've got another 13 of these to come. Uh, you mentioned then about Liverpool's shape, Gorsty, and you said you weren't very happy with it. However, is it also a case that maybe this is a way of getting the front three firing better? Because since they've kind of moved towards this 4-2-3-1, Salah's started scoring goals again because he's more central. Yeah, but I, I don't know whether that's just been just because of, of how good a player he is, though. He's, he's just kind of developed it. Because if you look at last season, it was a very clear 4-3-3, wasn't it? And it was designed to get the most out of the front three, and, and he did. He scored 91 goals between them, and then he's kind of strangely changed it about and it okay Liverpool are getting the results but I think not a lot of people would say that they played anywhere near the best as they have done at times last season so for me I'd, I'd move Firmino a little bit further forward to bring Salah back onto the right and then Shaqiri's there to play in the hole against against the, a Fulham a home or a Cardiff because Liverpool don't need three uh, workers in midfield who we say they could do with a bit more creativity so I mean that'd be how I'd look at it but Jürgen Klopp's obviously uh, changed it about, hasn't he, this season? Joe, is it not up to the front three then to play themselves back into form so they then put in a position whereby they basically say to Klopp, look, can we go back to how we were playing? Because Salah is the one at the moment who's, as far as I'm concerned, is probably Liverpool's most consistent player over the last three, certainly attacking player over the last three or four games. Mane, as Christian noted, had a slight drop-off. Firmino's definitely not quite at it. But if they're good players, they'll be able to do the job eventually where they are and then it's up to them to make the manager have that call. Because at the moment, if they continue with 4-2-3-1, they can't really complain too much. True, but it's, it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? In one hand, yeah, you're looking at them saying, show us why you should go back to 4-3-3. But on the other hand, Liverpool are getting results, so it might even take a defeat. You know, I, I don't, you don't want to see it, but if a defeat happens, then perhaps that's when you, you, you change things up again. If this is going to sound... Negative, which will fit in with the um, theme of the podcast. From, so far, from the other, from you, know, you three, by the way, and I'm and always I'm, known as Mister Negative, <laughs> but I'm actually being positive, and you three are bringing this place down. You're just, do, on, do you you're know, just on par, and we're just coming yeah. down to your level. <laughs> do you know what it kind of reminds me of? Do you know when like Rogers changed the formation to to three at the back, and they had that really good yeah. spell of results, but you were never quite convinced that they were actually that good, and then they got beaten by United, I think it was when Mata scored, and and then. They struggled again, and my worry at the moment is we've seen like this change of formation, and Liverpool are getting through, but it it doesn't feel like it feels like a temporary fix. I don't think anyone in, in, in this around this table would sit here and tell me that you still expect them to play four two three one towards the end of this season. It, it depends, really. City have changed their formation this season because they've now got the two silvers playing in that, yeah. you know, two number mm-hmm. tens, isn't it? And I know so Christian, did, you. So do you expect them? To Liverpool still play that way towards the end of the season? Well, I don't think it's a guarantee that they won't be. I'm not, I'm not I don't think. I don't do think. I don't. Okay, well, I'll answer your question now. Good. I don't think. <laughs> no, they won't be playing that all the time. No. But they won't be playing four three three all the time either. Okay. I think they're now getting this te- tactical flexibility because of the players they've got. And Klopp's always been a. It's a good answer, to be fair. Yeah, no, Given it is, yeah. Given yeah. <laughs> He's always been a horses for courses manager. Because don't forget, when he first started, Liverpool didn't play four three three, did they? No, because so he, four two three one was his exactly, first game. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the players that he had. Now he's got. But they quickly players settled into a four three three because of the players that they had. And then they bought players to fit the system. Now they've bought different players, and now maybe they're trying to move on to. Because you can imagine that every opposing manager from every opposing team this season's gone. Right, we know Liverpool are going to play four three three. Right, let's try and do this. 
we'll do our best to stop them by knowing what they're going to do. We might not be able to stop them because the players are better. But now Liverpool have got that kind of flexibility. I think that's part of the formation change. I think the 4-3-3 very much relies on teams coming at Liverpool. Um, and I think last season when the defence was a little bit shakier, or a lot more shaky, um, and teams felt that you could get at Liverpool, gaps opened up. I'm thinking maybe Bournemouth, Watford, teams like that, where they, they've come out, had a go, and the 4-3-3 just picked the gaps. Whereas this 4-3-3-1 is very much for teams now who will sit with a bank of bank of four, bank of four. It's about recycling possession, but it's, it's basically a four-two-four, isn't it? Mm, and and yeah. that, that, that's how it looked to me on 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 the on Saturday. And I just think I think we'll see four-three-three in the big games, and I think we'll see four-two-three-one in the home games where they're not going to blow teams four or fives anymore because teams aren't going to afford them the space and the opportunities. And it's just the four-two-three-one is a way to be as solid as possible, but also have as many decent players at the top end of the pitch. But perhaps that might explain the lack of rhythm because then you lose, if you're not playing the same formation week in, week out, yep. it takes a bit of time to get used to it. So you think 4-3-3 might work away from home? Yeah, yeah. away from well, home. Well, he played definitely. it against Arsenal, didn't he? And against Chelsea, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Chelsea, yeah. Because Shaqiri came on in that game. Mm. I also think Keita might be, you know, key in this because that's very much a, a role he played at Leipzig. And are, we, are we worried about uh, old Naby? Are we worried no, no. about because he's not since the international international break he came on for ninety seconds didn't he in the last game on Sunday yeah. and that's the only time he's been seen. I know Klopp was asked about him afterwards, saying, "Are you happy with him going off to to Guinea?" And he's like, "Yes, yeah, sound. He needs the game, so go off and play the game." Are I we think, worried I, about him overall? Though? No, no. I think he'll be. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's he's set the world on fire since he's come to Anfield, but I do think that Liverpool's best attacking performances have probably come when he's been in the team. I do think we'll see more of him when he's a little bit deeper. And in this 4-2-3-1, I think that's probably tailor-made for him because that's the type of role he played at Leipzig. It was more of a, he was more of a, an 8 than a 10, to use what Klopp talks about. So I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about him in that sense. I just think it, once this international break comes and goes, it's such an intense period then of game, 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 game. I just hope that he and, and the rest of them can can stand up to the, the physical test as much as anything. Well, they should all be ready, shouldn't they? Because they've all had the games. I mean, you look, yeah. at, you look at the summer signs that they've made. Apart from Alisson, Shakiri to a much lesser degree, they aren't really getting the game time, are they? No, well, that's that's part of having the squad, isn't it? The, the, Ian Klopp's a master, and everyone's spoken about how, how great the squad is, and it's, uh, Klopp's got his horses with causes approach. But I think on, on the cater point, it, I'm a little bit concerned, because he hasn't played for a month now. As he, his, his last real game was against City at home. Come on for a minute yesterday. He's not going to play again for another two weeks at least. So then, then you're getting into December, and he's 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 only shown bits and pieces. So you you kind of wondering when is he going to get that run in the team where he can kind of finally show what he's all about and show why he's a fifty million pound midfielder. So it's um, and then you obviously as Christian mentions the the position change and, and the system change, and you think is is that where he's going to fit in? That's four two three one. So um, I, I I would say I'm a little bit concerned about him at the moment. I would say that I was concerned at the fact he's not played more. Okay, he got he's got injured a few times. I know Christian that we've spoken that he he doesn't have the world's greatest injury record, doesn't he? Just has little niggles and stuff like that. But he missed time because he had a sore neck on a plane. Yeah, yeah. and he did his. We thought it was a serious injury against Napoli. It turned out he got a back spasm, which to be fair does really hurt. Yeah, that yeah, is really well. he, yeah, he got but, rushed to hospital, didn't he, at Leipzig? Yeah. And, and he, he feared it might have been his heart at one point, and he had to stay in hospital overnight. Um, so if he does, he does pick up I these issues. I once went to A&E with horrific pains in, in my stomach and uh, they reckon I just had wind. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> it was horrific. How old were you? It was horrific. I was, I was, it was about Last two week. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. It was horrific. Yeah, but, well, you need to eat better then, yeah, I think, is, yeah, is, is yeah. what we've learned from that. But yeah, I, I have no worries about Cater, but I thought, you know what, I thought really explained it. some of his issues was um, those comments in the programme. He talked about learning English and, and I think sometimes we all look we all overlook that don't we we all say yeah. oh, come in and make it make an impact but if he doesn't speak English and he is struggling to, to learn you know it, it can be tough learning a new language can't it so he should have been learning that in Germany yeah but it's, it's yeah, easier said than done is it to say you, sh- you should learn if he was in Germany for that year and he was still learning German it's easy. He's only twenty-two as well, isn't he? He's a young lad. He's having to learn learn a new language, coming to a new country. It it can be tough. So I think perhaps for some players it doesn't bother them as much. For others, it really does. So 
perhaps we should give him a bit more time to try and settle here. And um, I do think if you look at West Ham, Crystal Palace, <coughs> Tottenham, he was he was in the team for all of those yeah. games. You know, I know he, he had a couple of dodgy. I think back to the, I mean, the Napoli, the first twenty minutes before he got injured was, oh, that was, wild. was not good, yeah. not good. But what I would say after that, Liverpool didn't really do much after that as well. You know, they didn't. At least he seems in the first twenty minutes to have some sort of threat on the counter. So, you know, I'd be interested to see him. I'd be interested to see him in a deeper position. As you say, though, you look at you look at the the, the fixtures now. So you got Watford away. Is that a game where you throw them in after the international break? They're Maybe quite a big not. midfield, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. So you got PSG away. That's a that's a big ask. You got the derby. You know, do you, do you, that might be the game for them. Burnley, Burnley. I would say yeah. Burnley, yes. Bournemouth away, yes. Napoli, Man United, Wolves. I'm just naming fixtures now. But <laughs> yeah. you, you, you get me points in terms of it's going to be hard for a player who maybe hasn't been either. Same goes really for someone like I don't know a Henderson who hasn't been to full fitness. And it hasn't necessarily been. But Henderson knows full what form. it's all about. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. But I just think it's it's a, it's a hard run of games if you're not up to speed yet to get up to speed. That you're gonna have to get chucked into the deep end and hope that you swim rather than sink. Well, the, the other way of looking at it is though he's obviously physically fit. Maybe he's gonna be fresher than some of the others. So this might be his time to come. Likewise, Fabinho. Likewise, Shakiri. Really. Yeah. The Blood Red Podcast brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. Yeah, but if you know, say say you do land on the Burnley game for for Kater and that's what that that'll be two months then since he's last played, and mm-hmm. it's a long time, isn't it? We saw with Lallana, didn't you? How long it yeah. can take? Yeah, and he didn't, he didn't even get in the squad on Sunday. I think the other nope. who else no. didn't Mateep. get in the squad? Klein, Matip, Matip, yeah. Klein has been in the squad that, for God knows how long. Matip, Matip and Lallana get not get in the squad says a lot though, doesn't it, about that mm. Belgrade performance? Mm. Yeah, because the two of them were probably Liverpool's two. I don't. I thought Matty did okay, but it was just the oh, goal. He was just, 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 he just. I, I just think, I think now, the squad's passed him by now. Joe Matip. I think. Yeah. I think Joe Gomez. Is, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Lalana tick. There's no one left. He's a ghost, isn't he? No, Matip, I, I, do, I just. I think Joe Gomez has progressed. Just and, another reminder that they're unbeaten Lovren's. in the Premier League this season. <laughs> but not with Matip. Yeah. He scored. He scored a goal. He scored. I mean, I think he's, he's he's decent enough to have as, as a fourth centre back, but I just think Gomez is rising, and Lovren's been very good, hasn't he, the last six to eight months? Um, so, I, I just think it, the, the squads have passed them by a little bit. Wow! So you've, you've, the pair of you have just killed off Matip. Is anybody else left? I'm just, all, all I'm saying is that Liverpool's hopes clearly all rest on Rian Brewster now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the only he'll, one. He'll be fresh in January. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's a, here's a player I won't have a bad word to the guns. Virgil van Dijk is an absolute yeah. colossus. I love the man. He's brilliant in every Just way. keep him off free kicks, or yeah. at least get him to practice them a bit more. Yeah, but but other than that, <laughs> actually, he's awful at free kicks, isn't he? Get him out. <laughs> no, 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 he's great. Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson. Now there is a player yeah. who now, I was very wrong about. Everybody loves Andy Robertson. Everybody, yeah. but what about Joe Gomez? And Joe Gomez. Oh, I, yeah. I, Joe Gomez is an absolute This is, this is the appreciation part now. Yeah, Anyone else? Yeah. The appreciation part. I yeah. think Mohamed Salah, you know, I think he's underappreciated. Yeah, he's I, also, yeah. I also think, to be fair, after a very, very ropey couple of weeks, I thought Trent responded quite yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. And Aldam's probably been the most consistent player over yeah. the season. It's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Manager's done okay as well. Right, now we've yeah. got that out of the way. Who else can we slag? Under 20 days. Hey, no, they missed two penalties in the weekend. Let's not go down that road. Um, right, we'll go to the questions now. Joe, I believe you've been, well, I know for a fact that you've been uh, put out a little message and said to people, well, come on, well, first give, all, us, give us your questions. Explain where we've got a new podcast group yeah explain it because I don't know anything about you, it yeah, you don't, well, you're yeah. not on Facebook that's why yeah, yeah. so because um, I'm a normal person anyway go on. Well, can you get on Alan Facebook Alan Easel is on Facebook yeah but yeah um, we have a new podcast group for Blood Red subscribers um, it's on Facebook if you search Blood Red Podcast you'll find us and it's just a little place where we can have a little chat here about the pods and about what we're going to talk about and it's just a nice little group where we can we're a little bit more normal yeah. there aren't yeah, we in terms not, of it's not like the main page where it's it's a bit more sort of story, story, story. This is a little bit more chat. Oh, a little chat about a bit, a bit more yeah. normal compared to where. Well, it's just that there's a filter, isn't there, in terms of we think about what we're writing and then we write where it's here. We just think what we say and we say it. Yeah, and and there's not as many what? mad people like on, <laughs> what on Twitter. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. And I asked this morning whether anyone had anything they wanted to, to ask uh, or and there were, wanted to discuss. Se- there were several questions. Uh, to be fair, a lot of them have gone over stuff that we were going to go over already, such yeah. as Shakiri and Firmino and the formation and that kind of stuff. But however, there's one. We'll deal with the F word. We'll go around the we'll go round the table. 
Will Liverpool go back in for Nabil Fekir in January, Paul? Well, we don't know if, if they will I, or they won't, well, but would, would I like to see them? Yes. Um, I think if Klopp's identified a player of £50 million who he thinks is good enough to be part of his squad, you, that just doesn't evaporate overnight, does it? That interest and, and that, um, well, it, well, it did. that admiration. <laughs> well, it did, but what I'm saying is... At Joe's 30th birthday party, yeah, yeah, yeah. did it? Yeah. Klopp, Klopp surely must still feel... Like, Klopp must surely still feel like that, that area of the pitch needs needs a little tweak or a bit of an improvement. And it's, uh, if it stops, uh, if it moves Roberto Firmino a bit further forward, then I'm all for it. And I think it would be a, a good addition, yeah. I'd like Joe, to see it. Just copy and paste Paul's answer there. I think, think he summed it up perfectly. Christian? Um, you well, know, you have I'm a thing for on the, you know yeah, what I'm like. You, you'll come back to you in a minute because I'll just say that, I'll give you some time to think about your answer. Mm. I reckon they should go in for him. I think exactly the what Paul, you've just said, that if they've still got the interest, he's still interested, kind of player that they want. There's obviously other reasons why they didn't sign him. He hasn't gone anywhere else yet. He didn't go anywhere else in, in the summer transfer window. There will be other interested parties if Liverpool really are keen on him. Maybe it's just taking a little bit of a gamble on him regards fitness and paying us a bit of a premium on it. This is the wild, reckless and completely unclopping on FSG answer. But if Liverpool is still in the title race, I'd throw about 80 million at him. Hang on, what, what, what? You said no, that, that's that, that's easily. If Liverpool aren't going to win the Premier League this season and it becomes clearly apparent by January, then no, because there's Alex Oxlade Chamberlain who's coming back, but there's Curtis Jones who's breaking through who, who could be a big player for Liverpool within the next two, three years, and there's other potential transfer targets who Liverpool can take stock of and, and look to towards the summer. But if Liverpool are seriously in a title race and can chase down Manchester City then they should have a serious think about going in for him and City do it don't they as well City mm. went but they can afford, they didn't get him. They can they afford Mahrez, to do it year. though with the, the they, they manner can. in which they approach yeah. things financially yeah. they can afford to do that yeah. Mahrez and Sanchez I mean that was a big thing wasn't mm-hmm. it for, for yeah. City so. yeah. and was Laporte January he was, he was yeah, 57 million player, really and to be fair I'm going to retract my answer because even if they're not even if they're not in a transfer even if they're not in a title race sorry he gets that six months of acclimatisation and then he's ready and raring to go the well, season Lib- after, so yeah. Liverpool and City have shown the benefits of the January transfer window, you'd have to say. Van Dijk. Exactly, yeah. And which leads me nicely onto the next question that we got asked, which should Jurgen Klopp do a Gerard Houllier and take the captaincy off Jordan Henderson and give it to Virgil van Dijk? Joe, I'll start with you because you love Virgil van Dijk. Good, and I know the guy who asked Was the question you? as well, Sam French, <coughs> school friend. So, yes, yeah, yes, Sam indeed, French, yes. The one who had Bruno Scherer on the back of his shirt, Sam. Yeah. Oh, is this the one well, that you what? said you didn't know if he listened to the podcast? Yeah, and he did. And he's still your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's still my friend. Yeah, he's Australia. Truth. Yeah. Hello, Sam. Good day. Yeah, um, I yeah. <laughs> I, I see, ran out of Australian impressions. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good question because, to be honest, could you answer it? Please? I don't. I don't think. I don't think Klopp needs to. I think Van Dyke already is a captain. Already is a leader, and just sticking an armband around his arm won't really make any difference. Whereas if you take it off Henderson. It just creates it creates an issue that yeah. isn't there, doesn't it? So I don't think you want headlines in the paper. Klopp strips Henderson of a captaincy, so there's no need. I agree 100% with what Joe Rimmer has just said, which is unusual. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I just think it would create an unnecessary issue and headlines that can easily be avoided just by not, not doing it. Um, everyone knows how, <clears throat> how uh, important Virgil van Dijk is to Liverpool and he's, um, he is one of the leaders in the team, so... He doesn't need the, the armband to, to do it. I think it says it all that he's the fair captain now and Klopp, you know, had that public yeah. vote, not public vote, but the team vote. Imagine if it was a public vote, that'd be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like X Factor. To get to him as a lady to host. It'd be shallow, it. wouldn't it? Yeah, it was But I think that, they've gone a bit quiet lately, haven't they? What Egypt? They've got other things more pressing things on their mind at the moment. Yeah. But Anyway, continue, go on, continue, go continue. But, yeah. no, it, but I agree with Joe there and in general I think it shows you where Klopp's head was at that he, he sort of appointed these third and fourth captains because Henderson and Milner aren't going to go forever so yeah I'd, Van Dijk is, is, is one of the, the leaders in the team ultimately for me nowadays the captain's armband is just the guy who takes the coin toss at the start I think but, you don't need a bit of cloth around but, an arm but, to say I was going to say what was interesting uh, I think it was yourself Christian who did a piece talking about who's Liverpool's most 
um, the midfielders, basically. Another piece mm. about the midfielders now we were discussing on what should be the best combination. And then at the end, we put a poll saying who's Liverpool's most important midfielder. midfielder. And the winner was... Jordan Henderson. I was absolutely flabbergasted because you see what you see on Twitter and mm. you see, I mean, the, the, we, we put out a tweet saying Jordan Henderson's come up, come on for Jordan Shakiri. I think it was at the weekend, and the first three or four replies were just like, "Oh, here we go, captain sideways, you know, passing backwards, and other streams of in- unintelligible the, garbage." The, the xenophobic Ian Doyle puts out tweets the about Brexit, Jordan, yeah, the Brexit, Brexit yeah, yeah, and gets get it right. all, all manner of abuse. <laughs> I do, yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's there's one or two thousand people who seem to have a bit of a downer on him. Certainly, go judging by my Twitter feedback. Mm-hmm. But is this a case then of him being unfairly maligned by people who just are unable? So I'm turning it on them now. Unable to see what he actually brings to the team because he was made captain by Brendan Rodgers. He was bought by Kenny Dalglish. He gets picked for England by who's the England manager? Gareth Southgate. And before him was Roy Hodgson. And, be, uh, and obviously now Jurgen Klopp keeps him captain, plays him, and gives him a new contract and calls him the general. It, it's madness, and I think anyone who, who's seen some of those poor performances recently. And I'm not saying Henderson's never involved in a poor performance, but he certainly helps them keep a higher tempo. And I think part of the reason why Liverpool was so good last season on the on the attack and, and keeping keeping teams pinned back was because Henderson recycles the ball quickly. He gets things moving. And this idea that you only, he passes the ball side to side, well, you know, there's so many players in the world that pass the ball side to side and there's a reason why they do that. People's heads to keep the ball moving. Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a Tactic that's been going in football for years and years. So go and watch some more football. People's heads are going to fall off when they realise Fabinho passes sideways. Sometimes I know it's mad. It's it? be, like, I, I can see why. I Henderson, seriously avoided making that comparison, Christine. You've been very naughty there. Well, it, but they do play in the same position, and it's a comparison that gets brought up, isn't it, by by other people because it's sort of, you know, well, there's no need for Henderson now because Fabinho's in the team. I, I can see, and I can definitely understand why people don't want Jordan Henderson in the starting eleven? I can see why he mightn't be everybody's cup of tea. Personally speaking, I, I think he's a good player. I think Liverpool are a better team with him in it, certainly in the number six role. I do think the way Wijnaldum started, he was under massive pressure at the start of the season because Wijnaldum started in that number six role so well. I do think with Fabinho, it's a little bit... He's still got to acclimatise, but I do think once he's up to speed, Jordan Henderson will have a big fight on his hands to, to retain that place as the number six. What I don't understand is this idea that he shouldn't be anywhere near the squad or that he is in no way fit to be a Liverpool captain. I think you look at any you know title challenge and squad and, and there are so many Jordan Hendersons in there that he's done so much at Liverpool in his career. OK, he hasn't necessarily won the big trophies, but not many in that squad have at the moment. And I just find it bizarre that it's so wildly you know, it's it, it's just an extreme, isn't it? It's not he shouldn't be in the team, but he'd be a great option off the bench. It's he should be nowhere near the club, yeah, and that, yeah. that's just that's just crazy. I can definitely, I've got time, and I, I've, I can appreciate people who think that he probably shouldn't be in the first team. But the, the idea that he should be sold because he's he's garbage is, is, is that's ridiculous. just is it, crazy is it, social is it, media. Is it, yeah, is it disrespectful and underlines their own lack of football intelligence. Uh, it, people just will accuse yes. me being disrespectful. Yeah, but I think so. You know, the whole side to side thing. You know, I'm not saying he's as good as because I, I think Jorginho is a much better version. But go and watch how many times Jorginho passed the ball side to side, and it's about keeping things moving, keeping the ball in possession. And yeah, he moves it side to side. It, of course he does, because when you're in that position, you have to. It's it's bizarre, and it, I do think I think a lot of the people who who, who criticise him to the, to the way that Christian's talking, and yeah, there's, you can make arguments that he shouldn't perhaps be in the team at the moment, but certainly that he's not got a role in the full squad. You know, I just think, go and watch a bit more football. There was an incident in the second half against Man City when he absolutely pinged it 40 yards to Salah out wide. So he's gone forward with that. And then he got it back about five seconds later, absolutely pinged it the opposite direction to Mane. And it, it, it just never really got picked up on. But it was just like, how can people say all he ever does is pass sideways? He does it sensibly. And, you know, when you have to, that's the only pass that's on or backwards. But to suggest that he never, ever goes forward with it is, is just ridiculous. But... There are people out there who've made the, the bed with Henderson and, and they just stick to it, don't they? People now, now people have to kind of say one or the other for him or Fabinho when, you know, why can't Liverpool have two good midfielders and rotate as and when? And what's wrong with having a squad? What I would say about Henderson on the Van Dijk issue, not necessarily at the captaincy, but I do think he's probably going to have to maybe redefine his role slightly with Van Dijk because Van Dijk's such a good ball player. 
it feels like that might stifle Henderson. It feels like those two might get in each other's way a little bit. It almost feels like Van Dijk can step out and be the number six for Liverpool. So it'll be interesting to see if he can sort of adapt his game and become a bit more of a, a, a tackler again. And that fits into the horses for courses type approach mm. that the Klopp's take. Which is why he's got a big squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question then, Buvac, the big oh. issue. Sorry, everybody, we got asked this. The person but... who asked that question literally just put Buvac. Yeah. <laughs> now, presumably, we did a piece recently about is this history repeating with Patrice Burgess, uh, Paco Esteran, Joe? Yep. Is it? Does it really matter? Well, it obviously matters to an extent. He, he was obviously good at what he does, wasn't he? Because otherwise, he wouldn't have been with Klopp right throughout his career and, and they wouldn't have won some, so many big things. But I don't think that you suddenly go, oh, Liverpool aren't playing as well, so that must be down to Buvac. I think the Liverpool missed something, perhaps, but we don't know. We don't, we're don't. we not in the, the training ground. It's like the whole Akterberg thing. People say Akterberg's not good enough. Based on what? Based on... Yeah, nobody's saying that yeah, now that they've got Alisson. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I haven't <laughs> heard that for months, so it's just... It's one of those things, it, it's always going to leave an if, isn't it? Because he's gone, people will always say, well, could Liverpool have been better if he was there? We don't know. That's the answer. So, Ghost, if Liverpool win the Premier League title this season, will it be because they got rid of Buvac? Yeah, undisputably. <laughs> um, I, I wrote a piece on last week. and there's very, piece, there's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's very few people who know, before, um, who know what, know what he did, you know, day to day. Obviously, Klopp thought very highly of him. They worked together for 17 years and gave him the nickname of, of the brain, but... How many people actually saw day-to-day his input? He might have just went out before the players and put a few cones down. <laughs> or he might have been <laughs> integral to the, the, the plan for every single match. You don't know. So it's it's an easy one just to say, oh, well, they're not doing that well anymore because Buvac is gone. But I can't remember the, the exact stats, but I think in like the 20-odd games since he, he left, I think it was 20, actually, Liverpool have won. I think they won 13 and, and they'd lost three and, and drawn three or whatever it was. And obviously, they had in uh, yesterday's game to it. So, uh, you know, it's... It, it's um, to lose him probably was a bit of a blow to Klopp because he's worked with him for so long and they, they were so close. But it's it, he's not the reason that Liverpool's style has completely changed this season. It, it's after it's, no one's saying this when Liverpool won the first six games of the season. Like Buvac, which yeah. wasn't on anybody's radar, it comes out after the defeat. It came out again after um, the Red Star game. The, and there's, there's always got to be a reason because somebody wants to be the person who puts the finger on why exactly. And this, this is why. And people are going, "What about the brain?" It's like he's only called the brain because Jurgen Klopp called him the brain. He's not gonna. He, that was a nice little nickname. Klopp he's still, he's still got his eyes, hasn't he? I'm sure, sure there was a, a yeah. little bit of a tongue in cheek when Klopp said that as well. The brain, the brain and the eyes. You know, mm. it's it's a it's a little bit like the reason he's called the brain is because Jurgen Klopp's had him for seventeen years. So. You're not saying he's the brain. The Liverpool manager is saying he's the brain, and now the Liverpool manager thinks that it's fine without him. So, you know, don't like just just trust Klopp on this. You know, it's it, it's it's crazy that it people was, think. I, well, I've had my brain for forty-two years. So, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like when I left Liverpool, and I remember lots of similar arguments then. And then Liverpool had their best league season under Benitez when he long gone. So, yeah, he he left in the in the September of that of two thousand and seven, didn't he? So two yeah. years later, Liverpool went on to. So their best ever season, and it's it, people don't know, do they? People don't know the, exactly what to do behind the scenes. So it's just an easy one to to pluck at. And well, but he's and brain, it, yeah. yeah. But he's still listed as an official employee on Liverpool's website, and until there's a kind of formal announcement, he's he's just going to continue getting mentioned, isn't and, he? And without wishing to bring up Manchester United again, but I'm going to Alex Ferguson went through a whole number of assistant managers, and yeah, that never really yeah. seemed to affect because, yeah. and that's to do with the way that he works. So. We don't know the way that Jurgen Klopp works because, as Christian says, as Paul, you've said, we're not on the training ground every day, are we? We're but not Alec- at Melwood all the time. But Alex Ferguson didn't have a brain. Yeah, but he had eyes, though, or did he? No. I don't Carlos Queiroz. Mike Feeling. It's, yeah. it's just the ridiculous moniker that people have gotten hung up on. Nobody yeah. knows what Buvac did or, or, or does to to the. We we could we all sort of have an idea of of the importance that he that he brought. But you know, Pep Linders has come back, and Pep Linders is one of the most highly rated young mm. coaches in Europe. That's true. Two more questions then. Uh, one of them is, is the big six getting bigger, Joe, as the rest get smaller? I see I see why this person's asked this question because it it does feel like the, the big six, in inverted commas, are improving other than Manchester United. But yeah, I, I don't quite think so because I think there are teams like Everton who have got well, a lot of ambition, um, spent Wolves. a lot of money. Yeah, Wolves. Um, I, think, I think the gap is quite big right now, but... I think there are, there's always going to be teams that will fall away and always teams that climb. Um, but I can't see that happening any time in the next 
well, of course, they Leicester only won the league two years ago. Yeah, that's true. But I think generally it's harder for a, a team to become a big, big club nowadays because as soon as they have a good season, all the players just get bought. Think back to Atletico Madrid four years ago, and they won the La Liga and then got to the Champions League final and then had Felipe Luis, Diego Costa, Thibaut Courtois went back to Chelsea. They basically had the squad dismantled. So it's so hard now for a, an up and comer to try and establish themselves because the players just go straight away. But I think, I think teams just if they are planning to, to break into that top 60 it's got to be done very smartly hasn't it and sustained and it's got to be a long term plan and a lot of clubs don't have that anymore I think the gap's as big as it has been in our lifetimes to be honest it's a funny thing the big six because obviously United they'll always be sort of uh, a straggler at the back of this of, of the big six won't they so I think it's United this season last season I think it may, may be Arsenal Chelsea finished 10th that, that campaign yeah. after Mourinho well with Mourinho um, but can you know, any of that top six afford to straggle? Because I think United can. I think they Chelsea can. can. But I think I think to a lesser extent Liverpool can financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they can, they can, they can be six by a distance away from the top five. But the the, the, the seventh, eighth, and ninth aren't really. Even if they finish above them for a season, I mean, it happens, didn't it? It was West Ham and Southampton finished top six. Liverpool finished eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, the 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 bigger clubs are so financially sound because of the way they've you know cooked the the, the way the money mm. is distributed yeah. it's 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 almost impossible for the teams to break into that i mean to break so in, to stay in to yeah, stay yeah. in to so, stay yeah. in you well, can break in but not stay in you look at what city had to do to get into that group tottenham look as though depending on what happens with their new stadium they may struggle a little bit now i think the old arsenal thing whereby the by paying for it the just trying to stay it. into yeah exactly yeah yeah but yeah. paying for it they're paying for it good line yeah make a note yeah. of that <laughs> so uh, who do you think then could break out of the rest of them who's primed to be the next one to join them because there will be somebody other ne- yeah so it's the top seven then or you, uh, yeah so go out, yeah. out with a, or you could look at top six and one of the others drops out and then it'll be top twenty cl- and then it'll be like oh it's the Premier League table <laughs> from close quarters I honestly think Everton are in a good yeah. place I think financially. They're ambitious. I think they they will get their stadium and it will be done well. I think they they've bought some good young players. They've messed things up, but I think every club who, who gets money pretty much overnight messes it up. Does initially. mess it up yeah, because yeah. It, yeah. you, you end up spending, yeah, end up spending a lot of lot of money on lots of different types of players. But you know they've they've recruited well. I think this summer. Um, so I think Everton are well positioned. I, I Anybody saying Wolves? No, or are they just. I, I, I think they are long flash in the pan. I don't know if it's a flash. I, I just uh, I could go either way with Wolves because they're obviously very well set up at the moment, but it just feels like such a Portuguese team. There's only even, so many Portuguese players you can buy. It's not even that. It just feels like it's, it could become very volatile there. It yeah. could it could it could easily just explode in a good way or a bad way. And the manager it, it could get of, sacked. It's very precarious. Leave, yeah, yeah, it feels yeah. very precarious there in, in, in either direction. Yeah. I, I, I and they don't have much further to go in terms of the way that they can build as a club. Well, they're not going to mm. move. Sta- I doubt they'll move stadium. And, and they're not going to get a load more fans, are they? Mm. No. It's a small catchment area. Yeah, I think in the, in the Wolves kind of area, I think they may be looking at top 10 this season and, and just consolidate from there. And it'll take a couple of years to try and maybe make a push for Europe sooner or later. But I think at the moment, they're doing well, aren't they? I think they'd be happy enough just, just where they are. I think it could be it's Newcastle. A pat on the head from Paul. Exactly. Who yeah. <laughs> 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 didn't, answer, yeah. didn't answer the question didn't that we were asking. Aren't they? So yeah. who's going to break? Who's gonna be, who is primed to break through out of the rest of them to make it a top seven or just get into that top six? I mean, I, I agree with Joe. Two points. Everton are looking like they're, they're getting their act together now, aren't they? Marco Silva's come on and come in, and he's going to these big places and, and he's having a go. And that's something Everton fans haven't really seen for the last eighteen months. So um, they look like they're on the up. Um, I like Leicester. Leicester only won the league two years ago, didn't they? They still got most of that squad. who won that. Um, might need a little bit more investment here and there, but they're in a bit of a difficult state off the pitch, aren't they, at the moment? So, well, you'd like to think that they get. You know that continue the way that it's going. Yeah, with the it'd same be nice, family, nice so. to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think Newcastle are the one. If they they, hang on, but they've been that for about fifty no, 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 years. No, no, no. But if they could get taken over, you think about the, the size of the stadium. They're not, they're not so much a sleeping giant, but they've just been pumped full of calms. Do you know what I mean? They're just absolutely life <laughs> <laughs> support, dense yeah, to the yeah, world. But, but it's funny because there are clubs like Bournemouth, or Watford that are performing well. But, but never no one's ever bigger. convincing me no. that they're going to get any bigger. They, they'll what perform I'm, well this season, get relegated. The stadium's not big enough. You know, they won't get enough matchday revenue. What about Aston Villa? What about Leeds? Oh, you can, yeah, but you can always slip down the other way, can't you? But 
the, the, no, I, I'm I saying, think, what about Aston Villa and Leeds eventually being I'd, I'd love to see top see, six, top seven. That's a long, long way away, though. At least yeah. Newcastle there already. They, they've already got the infrastructure in place. They've got the manager. Mm. It seems like Bournemouth and, and Watford, though, need sustained... Uh, they basically need to have incredible transfer windows year upon year if they're going to get anywhere near that kind but then, of... And then not sell. And then not sell. But the interesting thing of that was the, the complete opposite in the fact that Bournemouth, you think, if Eddie Howe leaves, they're in trouble. Whereas Watford just changed their manager almost every single year and they seem to still be being I'm okay. I'm surprised Grass, Harry Garcia is still there, to be honest. <laughs> the right answer is Everton, by the way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is Everton. You'd yeah. think it would be Everton. And they were in the they were in the top six in the in the eighties. The only team that dropped out is Everton for probably City. You know, or Chelsea. Mm-hmm. The the only other club with ambition who I think if they can get it right could fight their way up the league is West Ham. I, I think They've got they've a bit more ambition than, than others. They've never no, been not, there. Well, you don't have to be, to have been there to, to suddenly get there, do you? You can, you can just get there through wise investments. Well, they're going to have to move ground football. then because they can't stay at that one. Well, maybe not. But, but at the same time, they, they've invested well. I think the types of players they're buying, well, as, as much as Bournemouth are doing well at the moment, I just don't think you can rely on the likes of Callum Wilson to sustain that Ryan sort Frazier. of level forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan Fraser. Yeah. Ultimately, those sorts of players will have good spells, but the likes of, you know, West Ham are trying to buy Felipe proper Anderson. quality, aren't they? Yarmolenko. Yeah, Yarmolenko. Felipe Anderson. They might, they, might not, they might not turn out to be quality, but they're at least trying to buy at that level. I think they need to get rid player. of the dildo brothers, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to say that. Yeah, just, I just yeah. wanted to say the word dildo yeah. on the Blood Red podcast. Thank you. That would normally be uh, Joe's level. I think that beats anything I've ever said. You all went mad because I said the word crap. Which no, you didn't. No, you, you didn't. Said, you said something you else. You said about Mignolet yeah, when he yeah, had, yeah. had possession. Yeah, you said. Yeah, what? you said. You said. I'm not wrong. Said, I'm not wrong. Come on, no, no. We'll have we'll have a final question it's before. Not wrong with the word dildo, by the way. No, final. It's not a swear word. Thank you. No, it is not. Correct. Just ask Alan Irwin. Final question then. If Liverpool went the whole season unbeaten in the Premier League, and won no trophies. Could you consider the season to be a success? Absolutely. Like I, like, I was walking along with Paul one day. We were in town and we bumped into an Arsenal fan friend of mine. He said to me, Klopp's got to win a trophy this season, hasn't he? I said, no. He said, yeah, yeah, he does. He's got to win a trophy. Otherwise, he's not this been a success. This is the first thing that he said to you when he uh, just bumped yeah, into well, you. Went, pretty much, yeah. Hey. He just, <laughs> How are you, mate? I, I, I said, <laughs> said, no, I said, because you're not defined by trophies in terms of maybe over a long period of time you are, but in terms of a season, if Liverpool challenged, like, was last season a success? Of course it was. Liverpool got to the Champions League final, it was a great success. So if Liverpool finish second, stay unbeaten and challenge for the title, it's a successful season, whether they win it or not. The, the idea is that you're eventually building to win a title and that represents a very big step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I think if you have an invincible season, in what, what way can you qualify that as an unsuccessful season? I think... As Joe mentioned, Liverpool got to the Champions League final last season and it wasn't a case of losing the final and just being like, oh, well, all those, the last six months have just been a complete waste and we'll never talk about it again. You know, it's, it's, for fans, it's experiences, isn't it, as, as they're going through. And if Liverpool are going all the way through the season unbeaten, then what, what an experience that'll be for fans. And if they ultimately come up short, then so be it. But well, What would an Arsenal fan know about European success? Well, though? exactly. Yeah. Well, they do know a lot about some beaten teams. They do, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say, I would have to say that would be a disappointing success because if you go the success, if you go the whole season unbeaten, and then yeah. it's like Man City have managed to go the whole season unbeaten as well. I'd rather finish tenth than than what? That's the, silly. I'd rather finish. <laughs> but to finish tenth, I'd rather have to no, draw rather, every single ra- game. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I, I mean, I would rather finish fourth with a normal season. Then oh, finish so second unbeaten. So you're you're going for the Gattuso, what I call the Gattuso approach because when Liverpool beat AC Milan, he came out afterwards and said, "I'd rather we'd have lost that game five yeah. 0 than lost it in the way that we did." Exactly. I, I know what you mean, but I, it's different in a in a cup game like that, the way they lost and going the season, you'd be incredibly proud. And I I know that might you might say, "Oh, that doesn't count for anything in football," but you would, and and you could forever sit here and say, "You know what? The better team won." If City if City went and won the league. And Liverpool remained unbeaten. Then we could all sit around and say, "What a wonderful side City were!" But Liverpool but had a great say, season. But, but you say this, but if Liverpool get to that last game of the season yeah, and be go on, go more undefeated than they were before, <laughs> but but still, I'd still 
rather that happen than, than finish fourth and just have an average season. I, I can't I can't yeah, accept that. Okay. I, I, I'm just wired weirdly, okay. aren't I? But, but, but they're not going to finish unbeaten, by the way. No, they're not. That, they're that, that, we just qualify yeah, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. before this yeah. gets, you know, Are Man City going to go and beat the whole season? Do you think they can? I think they can. I think they certainly can. Yeah. Do you think they will? No. No, I don't think they no, will. I either. think they'll have Barcelona in the courses and they'll the lose. Barcelona are not in the Premier League. <laughs> I think they'll have a big Champions League quarter final and they inevitably take their eye off the ball mm. at some points and lose a league game. But I think they'll have the title sewn up by the time they lose a game. I think they'll get beat at Old Trafford. When's that, though? I'm not sure, but I think they think they'll go there. I mean, that's a that's a big call. You don't know when it is. If United would have had a manager who's well versed in attacking teams, they might have got a point. Because yeah, Mourinho's no, he doesn't know anything about winning big games, does he? No, but as soon as it went two one, that was the chance to to really get it into Lukaku and, and get men up there. And he, well, they just didn't. They did get it into him and got a penalty straight away. That's what I'm saying. As soon as they scored that, that was that was the chance. Mariam's oily. No, I'm no. just saying, but you know, Man City are actually quite a good team as well. You know? Yeah, I know, yeah. but I'm saying. Are you going to take your mask off one day and Duncan Castles will be sitting there? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to take a mask off. <laughs> You've got more hair on. And in that plausible bombshell, <laughs> we shall finish. Join us later this week where we will be talking more on the Blood Red Podcast. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.